Hello and welcome to a brand new series from the Honest Football Podcast. I'm Daniel Cody and each week I'll be interviewing co-hosts Craig Savage and Charlie Betts about their roles in non-league football. Craig and Charlie work together as manager and coach respectively for a non-league local football team, currently playing in step 7 of the non-league pyramid. In each episode I'll quiz them on their approach to a different aspect of their work to give an insight and diary into managing and coaching in English non-league football. So today in the first and probably most generic episode of the series I want to talk very basically about why you're involved in coaching and management, why you're involved in non-league football and just why you enjoy it really. So for this uh, particular episode I've taken a series of questions that have been used at professional football clubs when interviewing managers or coach or mock examples of ones that could be used. So I'm going to quiz you on 11 of my favourites and if you can give me a, a minute or so answer on each, doesn't have to be as long as that, doesn't have to be too specific. I just want to know where your passions are. Okay. In future weeks, we'll get onto the more detailed technical parts, such as certain aspects like training and tactics yeah, yeah. and things like that. But for this one, I just want to talk about why you are coaches and managers. So the first question is, why do you want to coach and manage? So whoever wants to go first. Right, you're, you're the gaffer, Craig, so you probably <laughs> should go first. You're the main man. So, Well, I, uh, I became a manager because I, my playing days of pretty much gone and um due to injury for due to injury due to injury um but they're not over yet um, <laughs> but I, i've been with the club playing for 15, 15 uh, 11 12 years and uh, the club gave me the opportunity to uh, be a manager yeah. uh, or help out with one of the reserve sides and i took it uh, it keeps me occupied it's uh, very hard to watch a game when you uh, when your own teammates are stand so what better can you do is obviously be on the in the dugout yeah, uh, and that is probably one of the reasons why I took over as a joint manager. So, is it more? It was a more because of your playing days finishing as the natural next step, rather than a specific desire to become a manager naturally. It was, it was next. It was literally naturally a next step, and um, it, it it kept me involved, kept my mind going. And if it wasn't for Corey, I would, what I would do, I'd probably be sitting at home watching either watching football, watching Sky Sports, or mm. just bored out of my ass. And Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the eloquence of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to, it's not <laughs> and obviously not long after joining, you enlisted Charlie as a coach. Yeah, obviously, I, obviously he has a bit more coaching experience from previous clubs and years and has, has been a bit more of a journeyman, let's say. <laughs> no, I, I knew, um, obviously, I know me and Charlie played together when we were kids since the age of 11 and obviously we've grown up to be like really good friends and best friends there. And I thought me and uh, Richard, my other joint manager at Cordy, reserves and um, we both had the same idea literally in the same day um, he said what do you think to ch- bring in Charlie Betts but I said fine enough Richard I've already had that conversation with Charlie Yeah, and uh, it's proven at the moment to be a, a good idea absolutely oh, having watched a few of your games I would say the same thing kind of and then over to you Charlie I guess obviously as we say you've got a bit more of a background in coaching yeah. I know you've done a couple of coaching badges and things like that what drove you into it and I, I know think, obviously probably the natural of being a school teacher but well yeah I think mine comes from two places to be honest Dan I think that the, the you, you you laugh about me being a journeyman, but I'll be honest, and this part of my um, ambition, is that the right word? I don't know, pathway into coaching was that, although I played at lots of different clubs, I played under some shit coaches. And I hated the way that, I, I felt like a training session, for me, had to be worthwhile coming for. And you know, I mean that in the politest way possible, but if I'm traveling across certain parts of the county for a fucking six aside, I could do that with mates down the park. Do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. So I became very frustrated with that, and then it was something that I'd sort of moved into youth football because I'm a school teacher anyway. It was a natural sort of thing that I'd be doing a lot of that. But youth football's great, and the development and the progression you see in kids is a lot easier to um, 
track and also it's a lot rapid, a lot more rapid, sorry, yeah. than adults. You know, adults are very set in their ways. I think that's a big difference. But I think it was then, you know, similar to Craig, suffered an injury. I'd already been doing a little bit of adult coaching, but not a lot. But I think it was more to to give pe- people the opportunity to understand that actually training is a purpose. And I think that comes from my teaching background that, you know, you go into a lesson and you have a objective to teach that lesson. And, you know, I hated having these training sessions where it was just a hodgepodge of stuff that just got thrown together because the side. you'd seen it on YouTube or something yeah. like that. And actually, what are you trying to work on in that session? Is it, you know, defensive shape? Is it that you want to that wide play, you know, whatever it is. And I, I became very frustrated. And I think I can only probably say one or two coaches, I don't know, I played for what, 15 clubs, I think we counted one day. Probably only one or two coaches um, who I could say, you know what, actually I really enjoyed their coaching sessions. And that has a positive impact on the football pitch. So I think that was one part of it. And also the, I'm not a great leader when it comes to being a manager. I, I, you know, I did a very short stint managing the district team. So I coached the district team with my dad and another bloke for years and years. But managing is a whole different ball game, and there's a whole different skill set for that, and that's something that I don't possess because I haven't got the heart to drop people. I haven't got the <laughs> the thing to say it's you're not playing today. Bits. Yeah, essentially. <clears throat> and actually, it sounds silly, but you can see your impact on a football team a bit. I find it a bit easier as a coach than what you can as a manager, and that's no disrespect to, to sort of what you're doing, Craig. Because I think you know being a manager is so much harder than being a coach. But if you do a practice a corner routine in training, and then they score from it, that's a nice buzz that you. For me, it was the only way I could still get that contribution that I couldn't get from playing. So once you stop playing, you can't really contribute to a team unless you get involved in it. And so for me, I didn't want to be a manager, so the next thing was to be a coach and coming from that sort of teaching background, really. Fair enough. And I guess it leads quite nicely onto my next question, and you've sort of touched on it, but you can both touch on it in a bit more detail, particularly based on this year, is going into it, what did you expect your main values to be in terms of management and coaching? And have they changed or have they become exactly what you expected them to be? Um, I think for me to start with, because we we had a we knew there was going to be a few under eighteen players that have now gone past the threshold. And you talked about that from the start, to be fair. Yeah, and uh, we needed to build that relationship again because um, the under eighteen to play midweek football uh, to a good uh, a good standard. And uh, I've watched a few games last season, and then I, thought, I was quite impressed with some of the players. And I thought I need you in. Um, the way the reserve season finished last season was a bit naughty, and uh, but we had to get these players in to. Uh, build them up really yeah. and it, and it, it uh, for all our philosophy is just building them up working hard and you've got to look after them in a way because it's hard to get that from eight, under 18 football to obviously playing a similar age group to adult football when you're playing something like in their mid 20s to 30s and it's, it's totally uh, to the physical side it's totally different um, so you, you have to look after them that way and, and at the moment we've got for us we've got about 6-7 players that are 16 to 18 in a reserve side which is relatively rare it's relatively rare and it's it's good in a way but obviously you still need to you still need to they're going to make mistakes and that's where you get the older players we've still got 8, 9 older players anyway we've got a big squad mm. and obviously now they're starting to, like 5, 6 games in they're starting to click and it's not the gentleman it's, it's hard in pre-season because it's all split oh, the older lads are here and the younger lads are there and uh, our job one of our jobs is to get them in German together mm. and at the moment it's working I'm similar for you Charles what was the question again sorry I'll cut that bit out uh, in terms of <laughs> no sorry no 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 you were I forgot. Really answer. I forgot I forgot question. <laughs> in terms of your main values for the year. oh okay yeah oh, so I think actually leaving what you quote we're in a, a difficult position being a reserve team you know because there is there is You're a that sort of step between youth and first team and there is a challenge to that because there is an expectation that you know if there's players in the first lot getting a game they come down to us 
and as much equally, as you're trying to develop up, aren't you? Uh, yeah. So development. I mean, you hear lots of buzzwords in football. Let's be brutally honest. You know, development, player development, this and etc. I think you have to be realistic. If you're talking about amateur football, which is what we're involved in, player development is very limited because you have the contact time of them is an hour, which really, by the time you've got them there in this time of year in the winter, AstroTurf, you'd be lucky. Forty five minutes. Yeah. So in terms of development, you're thinking more right. What can we achieve as a team? The, the development of individuals is okay. We get a little bit of time to do it at the end of a session, maybe five or ten minutes to do a bit of extra stuff with them, but that's just before the lights go out. So actually, the value for me is is seeing players have that pathway of going from 18s to reserves to first team, but being able to cope with that. What I mean is is to give them enough skills to cope with, right, in the first team, they might be a bit more direct than what we are, but you can cope with that. And and I think that that's, it's giving, uh, trusting the young lads that, yes, you can step up to that level and cope with, playing in reserve team football and the reserve team that's being able to cope with the, the first team and I think that it's trying to instill that in them in 45 minutes is quite a challenge but I think if you can get my value I suppose what my values for that is that I want them to be able to go into different footballing environments and be adapt be able to adapt their game that's what, that's what I was trying to get across yeah. so I'll, I'll edit that out but to adapt their game so that they can play in different parts of, of the footballing sphere I suppose which is a, is a really important point and it's something actually we'll touch on in a future one in terms of training particularly in the way you, you develop players mm. or help them to, to learn and adapt because in non-league football players move clubs quite a lot yeah, yeah, which is yeah, something that's a bit different but I guess moving on to the to the training very briefly for this episode is in terms of Charlie from being I guess the main coach of the team mm. and from you I guess probably in pre-season from watching a lot of his training sessions yeah is how do you know, Charlie, when you've delivered a high-quality coaching session or one that you think... Oh, that I can brilliant. tell. And, and, <laughs> yeah. I know he probably gloats about it. And for you, Craig, no. how do you know when you've seen one from him? I guess would be my question. Yeah, do you know what? If I'm honest, if I'm honest, actually, sometimes the shittiest sessions that I feel in terms of my delivery are probably the ones that the lads have got the most out of. And the reason I say that is it's is that, is that problem-solving element to it. So actually, yeah, I can go to them and say, right, do this, 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 and they'll learn how to learn by rote to do, when the ball goes there, we do that, when the ball goes there, we do that. But if that situation doesn't come up in the game, it's being able to cope with that. And actually, sometimes having a crap session where, you know, the space isn't as big as what we thought with a run session yeah. where basically we had a third of a third. So then you're having to cope with that. So actually, I think in terms of knowing a good session, it's if you then give them a cue in the game, before the game, and I say to them, like, right, if there's no pressure on the ball, what are you going to do? And if they can answer that, then I know that it's pro- whether they've messed up and knocked the ball out of play fifteen times in the session on the Wednesday or on a Tuesday. I don't necessarily see that as a good session. I think it's having the patience to review it a week, two, three weeks down the line. That's when I feel like that session. So I'll, I'll give you an example. We did some set pieces pre-season for the first four games of the season. They they were atrocious, absolutely atrocious, and reviewed it once as the the sort of um, uh, season has gone by. But actually, we had a game on Saturday. The the, mo- the 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 timing of the runs and that was a million times better. And we should have really scored from them, to be honest. We scored one in the end. Yeah. So the point being, I think what I'm trying to get at is, is you have to be patient, and therefore I feel like that actually you won't see the fruit the fruits of your labour three, four, five games later. And they always say that at the start of the season, don't they? Give us ten games. Yeah. Which yeah. is something that doesn't often happen in football. I guess yeah. at higher levels now, which thankfully still does at this mm-hmm. level. But Craig, for you watching Charlie. Yeah, when, when do you when do you know he's delivered a good season? Are there any telltale signs? I guess on the flip side of that, when you think, oh, this is going to be a bit of a stinker. Yeah. If you've had any of those, um, no, not really. I won't be offended, mate, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> talking about honesty. It could be no, like therapy for you two. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's cancelling. It's coaching captain. No, because um, to be honest, I actually take part in most of it. Which I guess at non-league is something that's often forgotten. Mm. 
because you often, when you see on Sky Sports News, for example, Football League and Premier League, Club Champions League, whatever, you just see the manager sort of strolling around yeah. with arms folded, keeping an eye on things. I think, but you've you've highlighted something brilliant there. Which I is think that they're often I think involved. what I think what's clicked. I think what. Uh, Richard would watch from the side I would take part in it because one to build my own fitness up and you've mentioned you desperately want to be a player <laughs> <laughs> to be a player no. um, but obviously there's always like the old man the next like the old man yeah. so I'll, I'll take part in it and I do I generally see it and I generally obviously enjoy the training I'm, I messaged him probably um, after the weekend so I'm enjoying training it's the first time I've actually enjoyed training for a yeah. very long time um, which is important enjoyment's yeah. very important and um, I, I can tell like we worked on our uh, first. Well, I think one of our first training sessions was, if the team goes long ball, what do we do? We're going to drop, sit back, and we're going to drop back as, as soon as they hit it. And um, a few times on Saturday, that's what exactly happened. They drop back, and then he gets ex- Charlie gets excited. No, what? Like, Gallivanting <laughs> like like David Pleat with the Brown when they uh, survive. But no, but it shows that we all get happy about that. Yeah, we can see it, and then. I don't think that, uh, I don't think at times the players notice it. They just do no. it, and that's the thing. If you don't mean interrupting recruit, it's the autonomy of it. If if I were to sit there and shout with someone, what to do in every situation, I'd go and play FIFA with all due respect. You know, in that sense, if I were to just control every yeah. aspect of a game, so I think it's that autonomy of, like you say, the bits we probably get most excited about. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just telling you equally. I think slightly what my expectations from a game are slightly different to Craig. Craig, as a manager, you know, heads on a chopping block, points, points, results. That's it. There's times I mean, when we've won I mean, a game. I know Craig's very much like that anyway. Yeah. From our video game exploits. <laughs> but there's times when we've won a game, and I've been too happy because we're like, we actually played quite shit, or we didn't stick to that philosophy, or we didn't do that in that situation. Yeah. So I think your expectations are different, but it's that autonomy of we did preseason. What are the triggers or the cues for when to drop and when to press? And when they're doing that by themselves, without me or Craig having to say, you know, is there pressure on the ball? Which is almost like code for us first, to say right. First game of season. Um, we played biggest, uh, biggest way United on twenty threes, and the game was on YouTube highlights on YouTube and if you go back to that video you can hear us saying is there any pressure is there any pressure and that's just a cue that we gave them pre-season to be right is there pressure and asking them that question you know right if there is we need to step up if there's not then we need to drop off but you end up saying that quite a lot now it's a lot more autonomous just to really quickly give you sorry I keep waffling on but the um, when I was coaching Luton schools we took them out to America uh, on a tour and I, one of the best teams we played was this American team and I watched the coach and he his, his vocal input because they were so well drilled and you know their contact times a lot more than what we had but yeah. the point being he very seldom did he say anything and yet his team were they knew the fullback knew I can guarantee now their fullback knew where the centre midfielder centre half and the right midfielder was before he'd even received the ball because it was so well drilled and as a coach then what really you don't need to say anything in that situation well, so it's that autonomous I guess the part. other side from watching you guys is last season obviously when you two weren't actively involved as much or Craig uh, Charlie at all yeah. is that there was an awful lot of ranting and raving yeah. from the dugout Whereas I came to watch you guys two or three weeks ago prior to this interview where mm. you were, for large parts of the game, very, very good and very tactically strong. And you barely had to say a word. Yeah, the I'm, team like, were just playing in your philosophy. Mm. A prime, prime example, we had this uh, a centre midfielder and young lad. And we put him in, he goes, I'm a better centre midfielder. So we, we put him in centre midfield. And then he was doing, he was making, he was making mistakes where he shouldn't be doing, and an experienced player wouldn't do that. And then, we played a game after that and he, had, he didn't play well he had a stinker and obviously Charlie had a word with him uh, I went over the top, I went over the top. and that's I why I can't be a manager because I, I, I you know I very seldom do I really go at a player but I sort of lost my head with him and I'm not proud of that and it, it was something that I regret a little bit but and that's however, why I couldn't be a manager pop up yeah. later or however, that's why I couldn't be a manager yeah. if I'm honest however, I couldn't handle that situation very well do you know however though it sparked, it sparked in his mind you could uh, in the player's mind and he's been 
brilliant ever since that mm. game. So then he's, again, you reflect so, on that negatively, but it could have well have been a positive. That negative, yeah. yeah, a negative. It might be a negative for him, yeah. but it's turned to a positive I think it's player. trying to give, not, uh, without criticising a lot of other coaches or managers at the level we're involved in, a lot of them spot problems and players don't want problems, players want solutions. So if you're telling him, stop clipping it over the fullback, you've got to tell him what would what you like to see him do instead. Do, yeah. yeah, okay, well, maybe keep the ball there or recycle it, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. and... and that player has, has been absolutely superb since that since that well, uh, second yeah, game. I, of I think there's a bit more to it. Um, yeah. So I want to go to the other side of training now. Yeah. Um, which is obviously particularly when you're trying to work on autonomy when you've mm. only got four or five minutes and people are there to enjoy themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You're occasionally going to get a player who wants to burn down a few sessions. Yeah. And you've probably had it in the past. Yeah. Um, how do you handle it if a player reacts negatively to your coaching session, or I guess in Craig's instance, if they react negatively to a decision, why on earth are you dropping me? Things like that, yeah. as Charlie mentioned, which he's not a big you fan. You go first, I think you, you get a lot more of it in what, I'm more of the bridge between the two, so I think you probably get a lot more flack for dropping people or playing people out of position, etc. Yeah, so yeah, how do you handle it? It's, it's, do you know what, it's for um, first season as a manager, it's actually it's very hard, it, and they say something that you've known for years and you, you, you played with them, and, and obviously you've got, and you don't, re- and it's some of them, obviously the younger players, and it's you try and explain it to them. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and deal with it. I've had one incident with a goalkeeper which it turned a bit sour, and that's half it was my fault, and half it was another mm. team's fault. That's not my fault. But um, I didn't, I didn't deal with it. But I learned from that dealing with it. But now we're obviously we're back fine. Sort of yeah. From it's 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 very hard to deal with it. It's very hard. Um, how I will have them. I will speak to them. Um, if they don't agree with it, fine. But but as long as you've taken that time to inform them, to discuss with them the reasons. Yes, mm. uh, I, th- I think you've got to do that. I think because what we do is because um, obviously our, our shorts are put numbers on it, so I need to do a team um, prior, name the team so, prior, yeah. so we will go out and warm up. Um, so I'll name a team, and then they get changed, and then I'll. Once they come out, I'll have a quick word of them. Or I will say he Craig's very good at not publicly shaming people, whether it be positive or negative. He's very good at you know. There's times he's spoken to players, you know, he's done it, and that's during my warm up or something like that. You know, I think he's very good at his man management in that sense. One to one conversations are meant to be in private, and something that's very often and na- nowadays, especially. I think gone are the days that you bore out people in front of the squad. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, I think I, I try to look at <coughs> players are a lot more sensitive now. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, I think I look at what Jurgen Klopp's doing and I look mm. at Fer- like how Sir Alex Ferguson do I try and look at their way of man management um, and, and, and I think that's what like I like Klopp's way I really do like, like arm around the shoulder mm. and I think so Bobby Robson was another person that's yeah. man management wise and um, I want, obviously I want to get the best out of my players and like, I remember a player like two weeks ago he came on as a sub and he didn't have the right boot wear on. He was mud, he was slippery, and he was so upset after the game because he had a couple of chances and he didn't take them. And he was on not a good goal scoring run, and he was upset. And I put his arm around. I said, "Look, don't worry. You're worth everything you're doing um, before shooting is absolutely spot on. It's just you can't buy a goal at the moment." And then the very next week, he takes a shot from twenty five yards. He goes under the goalkeeper, scores. Yeah, and that's all it takes. Isn't yeah. It? No. He, he, a week ago, he wouldn't have taken a shot from twenty-five yards. Mm, yeah. But I said, Look, "Keep working it because you're working on training. We're, we're doing these practice. We're shooting, doing shooting practice after every session, and you just got to take him to your game." He took yeah. the shot, scored, uh, and, and his confidence grew, and he was he was man of the match. And if you provide that that encouragement and support mm. people, then they are likely to be more dedicated. Yeah, yeah, right, so after the game, I, um, after we all went home, and I messaged him privately. I said, "Look, don't worry, keep your head up. Yeah. 
we'll go again Tuesday yeah and he goes yeah thanks for that and that, that's a really good thing for me and then for you Charlie in terms of people being perhaps more yeah. negative about sessions I think, how do you feel about it I, don't I think, think we've really had no we've not had that but I've had it at previous clubs that I've coached at and I think that the problem is is you only need one and it's it's cancerous and it spreads you know you need one person kicking off so influential for me, person influential yeah. yeah so for me my relationship with players has to be paramount now whether I take the blame for stuff that wasn't my fault or you know that's it's almost like working with kids a little bit I know it sounds silly but sometimes you have to admit fault when it's not yours to maintain that relationship because if that relationship breaks down that's it then because you can crazy manager he can drop a player he can he can kick a player out of the club I, I don't have that power if they turn up to the session and they're not engaged that can ruin the whole session whereas if they turn up to a football match and not engaged you can crazy just say right you're on the bench you're not playing you know so he's got a bit more leverage over them so for me I have to maintain that relationship I think the way that I've found to do that is and this is going to sound a bit like I'm lying or cheating to them a bit but I tried to make out I've included them in decisions of what we're doing so if someone's giving off about right we're not doing enough of this about getting the ball wide I'll say right you know I've spoken to a few lads you know I appreciate the feedback what we're going to do is I don't think you know if you disagree we'll, we'll talk about it but actually do you think we need to move on to do this and nine times out of ten most footballers are going to, are going to say yeah okay yeah I agree with you really the reality is we've probably had a conversation and thought actually what we need to do in training next week is a b and c and we just sell it to the players as I appreciate some of you speaking to me you know or in light of that we're now going to move on to this and it feels like they're contributing as well and they're actually taking a bit of ownership over their own progress and, and it gives them probably more reward at the end to feel I was involved in that. yeah exactly and do you know what I actually I love reading about sports psychology I read Clive Woodward you know the England yeah. obviously he, he was when he took over at the RFU it was a bit more of an amateur organisation still and, and part of the thing he did was essentially he knew how to fix a problem but him going off on his own like some knight in shining armour, that doesn't encourage people to come no. with you. So you've got to include people in those decisions. Whether they actually make a difference, irrelevant. But if they feel like they contribute. So I think that's what I've tr tried to do. And so far, touch wood, we haven't really had much in the sense of dissension. There was a bit in the beginning of the pre-season where a few people didn't like... Because you were very different, probably. Probably, yeah, because, yeah. It, was the, yeah, because it wasn't... The training sessions last season was non anonymous it was, it was nothing. Um... It was literally like the six aside or that because mm. he didn't have the qualities there. But obviously, <coughs> sorry, Charlie's come in and first session, but we're doing this, 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 and people are like, what? Yeah, oh, I mean, it's a natural not, human reaction. It's not just sunshine. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some awful sessions recently, and I think the good thing is because I've built up, and it's not blown sunshine, I've built up that rapport with those lads, they've, they've got by with, yeah, that was a shit session, Charlie, but it doesn't matter. Whereas if there wasn't that relationship between us, and I had it at the last club I was involved at, if I did a shit session, that was it, I'd lost them. You know, they weren't yeah. bothered. And I that was because their attitude to football wasn't quite as good anyway. But the point but being, that, that may, for me, that relationship has to be paramount, regardless. Yeah, obviously, obviously, it helps with a decent session when you've got enough players. And, and every session so far has been yeah. between 16 to 18. Which is great. And if those numbers don't drop, mm. it shows you're doing something right, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I, I always message the, group, uh, the lads on a Monday morning. I say, look, reminder, training, meet here, momentum's good, numbers are good, mm. keep it going. And then, and then obviously if you're not there fine but it probably it literally um, it goes yeah cool and then you get 18 lads turned up and you're like I'm happy with that I'm happy with that makes it, my head makes my uh, decision harder it probably leads on to my my next question which are probably the only two obvious ones that will come up in here which you probably expect at the start mm -hmm. I think you've probably both touched on the first element of it cool. which is what do each of you believe in your role is your biggest strength and weakness so for me, based on what you've said, Craig, I would automatically assume it's that man management building confidence in people, but I could obviously be wrong. I feel like I can talk, I, I want to talk to every, I can, I, I, I'm not really speaking to the older ones as much, to be honest, because I know what I can get from them, I know them, it's the younger ones, 
Mm. And um, obviously, I want to help the young ones to a, a to a certain well, obviously to a certain level to get them higher up. Um, biggest weakness? I think it's hard. It's quite hard to tell them you're not uh, like you're not in the squad. But still not having a couple. I would say it's yeah, 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 a strength like, of yours, though. Personally, I'm not saying this because you're it's hard mates, to, like, but, No, but hear me out because I think if you just drop some of that telling them, I think you've always spoke to someone when they've been dropped, and whether they like it or not, players always want you to be up front of them. That's a pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a goalkeeper. And, I, um, I had a goalkeeper situation. Obviously, I, I said earlier, and uh, he deserved to play the next week. I said I messaged my other goalkeeper. I said that I'm playing him this week. Mm. He played well last week. I'm giving him another go. He goes, okay, mate, no worries. Yeah, so I think actually I know you're saying about a negative of that. I, I, I can understand why you think that. And so far the going's quite good for us. When it maybe hits the fan, that's when you probably yeah, test yourself we, a bit more. I think, yeah, I I think, think, I think when, when we actually, lost, I think when we lost our, our first league game, I think that was. I suppose what I'm saying is I don't think the expectation now from a manager at grassroots football even because I think it has filtered down from the top level is they don't want the old teacup throwing you know nutcase of a manager yeah. who's just going to ball you out and you know you're dropped. You'll never play for this club again. All that sort of stuff. And I think those days are gone. I think you're. Probably um, on the you know a new wave of, of managers. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather take a calmer approach. Mm. Um, if I'm really annoyed with some with a player that's done something wrong, I will yeah. speak to him privately. So I guess for you, it's not so much that it's a weakness in terms of your characteristics; it's that you don't feel comfortable or strong yeah. when doing it. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's probably natural. It's only been involved for three, four months. Yeah, much. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then for Charlie. Biggest strength, biggest weakness? No. That's an easy question. No, 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 no. I don't want to bloat. I think what I would say is a strength is the detail of, this, of from a coaching perspective. I think quite often sometimes it's there's an expectation you need to do this broad thing, right? Right, we're going to get, we're going to do a session on wide play. Well, wide play in itself is a fucking huge subject to try and mm. tackle. So actually it's about, so I would look at it and think, right, we're going to do wide play. Right, what we're going to do at the minute is we're giving the ball away in too many 2v1 possessions in our favour. So what we're going to do is do a bit of work on that. So I think actually what I would like to think is we've got so many training sessions left between now and the end of the season. You can really chisel down. So I'd like to think the detail that I go into is definitely... It's just passion showing, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I think you're probably so. more passionate about actually coach. There's not many people in non-league football who don't want to be a manager but say, I no. want to coach. Yeah. There's probably not many people that passion passionate no, to actually just coach a team. Yeah. I think the negative thing for me is I, I like to have too much control. And, even that, and that's part of the reason maybe being a coach tempers that a bit. But there's times when I probably still try and get involved a bit too much with why don't you? I don't give them enough time to problem solve, definitely. And I think that that's with the younger lads, especially, need to learn that actually, three times I've tried to knock it over that fullback's head and it's not worked. Right, I'm going to do something different. And I think I'm too quick to jump in in those situations. So I think it's not probably not, no, not that. It's patience. I think I lack a bit of patience as a coach. I try and solve a problem a bit too quickly. And but actually, that's, that's probably as a young, but your playing day still being yeah. there, say. I'm going to work that out, you know? Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. So, yeah, probably that, I would say. I appreciate both of your honesty on that, generally. No. I think that'll probably help quite a few people if they listen to it. Yeah. Um, and I want to lead on from your weaknesses, and it'll probably be a very similar answer, but I'm interested to see the way you would go about it. Is reflecting on your current ability as a coach, and for Craig, in your instance, as a relatively new manager, mm -hmm. what do you feel is going to make you better in your role by the end of the year, and even potentially moving on from there? I think it's dealing with the hard times. I think, I think what... We're on a good run at the moment. I was going to uh, say, you haven't had a particularly hard time. No, it's so what, 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 seven out of the first eight, eight, is it? Or six uh, out of the first eight? Oh, six, seven wins? Seven yeah, out, seven out of the first seven eight. Seven out of eight. Um, let's say not many defeats, huh? Not, yeah. not many defeats, <laughs> let's, let's say that. But I think it's, I think when we lose that moment and we lose that game, um, I think it's how we bounce back from it. I think mm. how we, as a team, 
would deal with it. Yeah. Um, and we and so I think we have got to stay strong because you, you players once I, I know a lot of players will, will say the odd comment they'll wind us wind mm. me up to a, a, a degree they'll wind someone else up. Yeah. Um, but we just got I think we just got we take the loss on the on the chin even if we deserve to lose or we didn't deserve to lose we take it on the chin and we'll just go again on the, on the midweek and training mm. on Tuesday and and it's just keep um, keep that belief going with the lads I think. Yeah, and for Charlie, I guess as a coach, what do you what do you believe will improve you? Because I guess this is probably the first yeah. sustained period you've had as a as a, almost a first yeah. team coach. I guess. No, no, definitely. I think in terms of that, it's dealing with because there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing coming soon, Christmas time. And that, as you mentioned, being a reserve team, exactly. with players coming up, players going down, down whatever else. and that, people, and people work as well. So it's yeah. being able to trust players. I think to carry out that that you know you come down from the first team and you play this. Well, when you're here, you've got to do it that way and it's trying to not get frustrated. So I think for me, I probably need to go out of the bubble that we're in at the minute. We're not helping out with a first team session, but maybe going to watch them train to see what's going on there. So then if someone does drop down, so actually I think what I'm sort of trying to say, I need to broaden my understanding now. We're obviously on a good run and what we're doing is working. So even within the club, going to watch first team games. Yeah, and not resting on your laurels a bit really. So I think I, I as a personality can become very complacent if something's going well. And that's not, you know, I've been similar in situations at work where, you know, been doing quite well, and then you start, and that's when you start to slip in bad habits and stuff. So, but we're all guilty of that. Yeah, but what I mean is, is that so to keep me on my toes, I think I need to be put out of my comfort zone. So it might be worth me saying, actually, you know what, the 18s have, you know, if we say we haven't got a game one week, right, the 18s have got a session. Right, I'll go and help out and coach them, even though I don't know any of the lads. Uh, you know, to to keep me a in line with the pathway of the club, but b to keep me on my toes and be a bit and more like as you say earlier, see if it's just because the lads like you now, or if it's am I actually coaching well? Yeah, at the moment? I suppose. Yeah, so in that sense, yeah, broadening myself and keep myself. Um, busy and con- and not complacent, basically. I like that. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I've got three more questions remaining for the session. Um, so the first one is is the last the last on the negative side, yeah, which no, no. is just question. generally, and I, I don't need too much specifics on this. We'll probably go into them in other areas in detail. Is what have you enjoyed least about Craig managing and Charlie coaching a team? So me me about him. Not necessarily about him. What have you right. enjoyed least about coaching the team this year? Um, and for you, Craig, managing what what he's done. No, no, it doesn't have to be specific. It can me, be something he's me, done. No, me getting knackered after his sessions. <laughs> no, um, um, genuinely, just on that very quickly, branching off. Yeah. Do, do you do you enjoy it, or do you find it harder having to take part in sessions? Because as you mentioned, due to odd numbers, do you find that harder? I think the st- pre-season I found it harder because I was so unf- I was unfit. I wasn't expecting to do, uh, take part. I didn't bring my boots, nothing. I just was playing in trainers. Yeah. Um, but the more sessions, obviously, that's gone on, the more I want to get involved now. Um, Which is probably a compliment to his coaching. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Without yeah, having no, say. It because, um, obviously, the way we're doing and then, obviously, there's no player, and then I turn up, and I play, and I thought, yeah, i still got it, and I'm still a baller. <laughs> and, I'm, and plus, I'm teaching. I am might be doing it wrong, but I'm still doing it... I'm, they're learning that I can make a mistake as well. Which is a really nice thing for a player, I think. Mm. And Charlie, for you coaching, what have you found What have you found the hardest or the bit that you've liked the least? I think, unless you're involved in grassroots football, might, you know, and that's not just coaching, but playing even, it's it's to be able to relate to. It's the, the constant chopping and changing of, right, this is where you're training, you've got this space, then suddenly that changes, and then you've got 16 lads, then you might, and it's not always a negative, you, you, you plan for 16 and then 20 turn up and you're like oh shit so being adaptable it's so that's the bit I've liked the least is that 
I would, li- I would like to think, and I don't know because I can't say because I haven't been up as a, a coach further up the pyramid. I'd like to think the further up the pyramid you go, the more, um, not reliable, what's the one I'm looking for? Consistent. Consistent, thank you very much. The c- consistent, the numbers are, the space you're training in, the areas that you can go into as a coach and as a player. Whereas at the minute, it's like, you know, it's great that we've got some under 18s coming, but they're not playing on Saturday. So it's lovely they're involved and it makes up the numbers, but actually it's a bit of a pain sometimes because like, fucking hell, I'm playing for 16, now I've got 20. That's completely flipped the session. It's hard to, so um, that, that, as, but you're, as a grassroots coach, you're going to get that. You know, there's times when pitches get double booked. There's times when you have lads who are on a stag do and then you've got eight players for training. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So that's the bit I found the bit, and it's the bit I hate the least, is I don't the, really um, know. My session's changed. So I planned a session yesterday for ch- this Tuesday. And it's probably worse because you'd say you plan in such detail. Yeah. So then it comes to Tuesday at 6.30 and it's like, right, actually, I mean, it's only an example, but we haven't got the goalkeepers now. So you think, I've done a whole session on defending set pieces, as an example. And you can't do it. And I've got, yeah, I can't do it, so suddenly it's got to flip it. So I think that's the bit I hate the least, is the constant chopping and changing. He had, he had a plan B for that session, though. I did, yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, is, is that, that's, but it's that principle that takes a bit of extra time, takes a bit of extra yeah, effort. Yeah. And I, I'm really, really, I'm really interested that the first thing you both went to was related to training, rather than games. And that's no, something because, that's going to be really no, because, clean next. Uh, I, I was going to... Also, I've taken training just from my own body experience, but like for a manager's point of view, is it's the organisation of right. Obviously, I've got a secretary that does right. This is a game. This is the referee you've got. So I get no. I get emails saying, oh yeah, this is going to be your referee this week. This is going to be the fixture this week. But then it's just the organisation. Right, I got right. I need a message to sixteen lads here, and then some will reply straight away, and some don't reply back mm. to the next day. Or someone leaves their phone in their work office. And then you like, then you start to panic. Like, for God's sake! And I then you, well, then you, next thing you're worrying about is a game. Is the game going to be on? Because I can't get a chance because I'm working in them yeah. on that morning. So I'm like, and I need the, to, the tough bit. Sorry to interrupt. The tough bit you've got is being a reserve team. We were meant to have, as an example, a first team player drop down to play for us because he wasn't getting minutes in the first team on Saturday. Just didn't show up. Didn't text anything. And you know, you don't get, have that that regular contact. Yeah. So we've then dropped the player yeah. out of the squad of sixteen because obviously you need to allow for this lad to come in. So then we're now there's some lad who didn't get, even get a kit on Saturday because we bought his first team player. He didn't even bother showing up. And I don't imagine you'd get that higher up the pyramid, but at grassroots level, that's the sort of stuff that you're probably dealing. Well, yeah, with. and then like I've I've let down a player where he could have got some minutes, and that could affect you a week later down the line. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess that's the bit that people probably don't realise that sort of steps five, six, seven moving down is how similar to. Probably even Sunday league, the organisation yeah. and the administration mm. is. Oh, the organisation. They just it's assume so it's an FA competition. It must be. Yeah. It's like the same thing like organising a friendly. I've never been so stressed organising friendlies. <laughs> I was so relieved when it was like my final pre-season game. I was like, yes, yeah. the season starts now. It's everything's organised. Something scheduled for us. Yeah. Um, and I guess on the flip side of that, uh, the penultimate question, and it's a it's a more enjoyable one to answer, is what for you this season for each of you has been the most rewarding part of your lives. Um. For me, this we had a game recently. It's seeing um, <clears throat> a culmination of things, not just that you might have scored from a set piece. Or it's seeing a culmination of both attacking and defensive um, philosophies coming together. So, and that, so far, that happened on Saturday. Where we had a culmination of we played a team and we'd, we'd worked on sort of pressing and stuff like that. And we knew they were good football inside, and they played a back three. So what we did was we then put an extra man up front, and we were like, right, we're going to press them high up the pitch, hard, hard, hard. But obviously, there's a risk to that. But then it was, right, when we get the ball so they don't get time to settle into their shape, we're going to move the ball quickly. Now, not long ball, but we're going to be a bit more direct, a bit more positive with it. So rather than going across the pitch, we're going to try and go up the pitch as quick as we can. So the challenge I set to them was, can you get to the centre forward or the wide men in three passes from the goalkeeper or whatever? You know, so I think that seeing those two parts come together 
that for me was the most rewarding part because you know, there's some games where you defend well, but then you fucking miss out four chances, or you attack really well, but you end up losing five four. Do you know what I mean? So I think seeing the culmination of two, three, four parts of a jigsaw come together as a coach, that's the best bit, and to win at the same time. And for you, Craig, as a manager, um, as a manager, I think uh, the recent game uh, we had tactically, we got it spot on. I was really happy with that, and I think more, it's it's not. And that's down to you. So I you know I thought I was just speaking about that bit, but choosing to play two up front was as a manager, that's his choice. You know what I mean? That's nothing to do with me. That's him to go right, we're gonna play him, him and him in those positions. So I think you've got to take a lot of credit for that. Um I think it's it's that. I think it's three things. It was it was one that our uh, uh our striker scored that hadn't scored for a while. Was because he kept believing, which is I think that's I'm not I'm not gonna take all credit for it, but no, it's no, that no, chat no. that's keeping But believing. knowing that you've been involved or been a part yeah. of Yeah, yeah. And I think um just from a being an, an old defender is just a clean sheet. We haven't had a clean sheet for ages. You love a clean sheet. I love a clean sheet. Well, clean sheet I, I, I play Sunday League with you sheet, plenty to know you love hey, a clean sheet. Look, it's, it's pretty simple. If you've got a clean sheet, you've got a point at least. Yep. That's, 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 fact. that's a good logic. That's Sam Allardyce philosophy. There. Yeah, but it, it, I was really yeah. pleased because um, the team that we played, obviously they're very good on the ball, but I don't know they weren't on Saturday, but I think because we were tactically spot on, mm. but I was, I was more pleased that we had a clean sheet mm. and hopefully that can that can continue fair enough and then the final question for me and this one's going to be more of an opinion right and, and, and I'm asking you obviously you please don't predict make me predict no, no. this season <laughs> you won't know the answer to this and I may or may not be able to obtain it later on in the year um, if we were asked or if we asked one of your players to describe you as a manager Craig and as a coach oh, Charlie yes. what do you think they would say about you based on the season so far the wanker <laughs> Seriously, take it. Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> no, I, I don't know because it's a hard one. I, what I, do you I, think they think? Yeah, I would say for me, I I would like to what, what three, three words or whatever you want, mate. Whatever you no, want. I would like to think they would see me as fair. I think I'm quite fair with them, whether it's you know the positive or negative aspect of it. So I think they would see me as fair, and probably, probably for the level we're playing at, and I know I mentioned earlier, but quite quite detailed. I would also say that they'd probably see me as a little bit. Um, when I say fair, what I mean was is I, you know I can get a bit shouty sometimes uh, in training sessions when I don't think the standards high. And actually, we spoke about that earlier. So yeah, probably loud, fair, and detailed. Fair enough. Um, I won't have three words. Don't have three words. No, um, I'm hoping that they they can talk to me uh, rather than just talk to other players and. Then slag and slag off rather than we have a chat and we can mm. have an opinion and we can go from there. Like I'll, I'll have more than happy to chat in the bar afterwards. Um, I feel like yeah, we still got it <laughs> in training. Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah. No. I just I just hope that obviously just keep that relationship going and end of the day that's that's what you want manager and players obviously but have that relationship with the player but you still make strong enough to make that decision and not cave into player power I guess for, for me even just from managing in a workplace the most important thing I would say is approachable so I'm really glad that's the one yeah. thing you said mm. but uh, I guess as, as the last part of this question I wasn't planning to do it but why not is could you do it for each other based on what you've seen this season yeah, no, what so would you think what would you think the players would say about each other so what do you think so for him would I would about? definitely say that they that, they, that he is um, selfless definitely is and gives everything for them and will take you know, whatever flack for them and stuff like that. Um, approachable, which is I think like you mentioned earlier, and and actually um, 
astute is that the right word but you know as in quite takes his time to think about stuff doesn't just go fly off the handle you know whether it be not just having a go at someone but actually you know tap thinking about a decision so are we going to bring him on are we not going to bring him on doesn't just go impulse right bang 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 let's go and do that which so, is really important to a manager um, not to react with emotion yeah and I can't think of the word for it but yeah that sort of patience I suppose yeah and for you Craig speaking about Charlie um, and what do you think the players would think of him no to be honest so yeah, I've, I've had players uh, feedback to me about which uh, is great for this about, um, no they said they, they're enjoying they're loving training they're absolutely loving it uh, they love the they do like the detail they do like they, they can actually work on things and they, they can obviously see the improvement from last season so um, all I can say is just keep going that's and, what I was saying. And, and you must like that uh, and take some of the credit for that having highlighted him as the man you wanted to coach <laughs> to then see players feedback being positive genuinely must be a nice thing for you yeah as I said like me and uh, Rich had this chat back in March I say um, we was watching we'll, uh, one of the Sunday games and we literally had a chat about it and um, I know we spoke privately about it on this podcast actually but uh, yeah and it, we knew it was a right decision. It, we couldn't. There was no other player that, oh, no other person. Sorry, that we think we could, that we can do the role as details as what Charlie's been doing. So, um, to see that, I think it for the players it did take a while after the first couple of preseason trainings, maybe because they're still knackered and blowing, yeah. but it is working. Um, yeah. I think you're selling yourself short a bit there, though. I think it's having creating the environment to do that because I coached another adult team last year and. You know, I, I, I like to think I've made a little bit of progress since then, but I'm not a massively different coach, and yet that went completely pear shaped. So, I think, I think it's having that environment, and I think you're you're very good at creating that environment for people to make progress in the flow. I think, so I think, I think that's what makes it maybe a good, the, a good the players. So far. I think the difference between the two sides. Also, I, I haven't seen the, you know, the, your previous side, but the, the boys want to play football. They want to learn. Yeah, but where, that comes. I where, think that comes where, from their I leadership. Think, I think where the, the players in the previous team just pl- just turned up and yeah. played. Um, but our players, even the young ones, they want to learn. They want to play. Uh, even the old, even the old lads, like, yeah. If I oh, I can do this. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll adjust that myself. To, that must come down to your to your leadership, though, Craig. But you know, that's the environment they want to play in. But yeah. So I guess I just I just like to use the experience. I think obviously because I played for the first team for so long, I played a, a, a couple of steps higher. It's just giving that experience and mm. even like I know like, like we criticise the right back just from not how he played because he played well. But it's the extra bit, the like, detail. yeah, because you can't do everything on your own. You need yeah. the you need your midfit, the wide your player in front of you just to just to say come back and help me five yards because if you're going to trot along, you have to be setting yourself short. Mm. And, and is that um, one rich have a different way of saying it? And I'll have a different way of saying it. But um, end of the day, we both come. We both have the same answer. I guess one of the things I really appreciate from this is how honest you've both been, both weaknesses and strengths yeah. and about each other. I guess... Yeah, I, I get guess, the job. <laughs> I guess one of the things that, that's come out of it for me is obviously in terms of you two, in terms of getting a result or or the little tactical details of the way you want to play football are probably very different. Mm. But in terms of your core values are actually very similar and that means that, that you're able to work together despite little differences I think you, and things I think like that. You've, mm. got, you've got the same values to start with otherwise what's the point? And you've highlighted that, which you should take credit for. So that's, yeah. that's an important thing. But I, I want to appreciate your honesty. I, I like the fact that you've all touched on, on things such as training and tactics in particular, which are two of the things I want to discuss with you in a bit more detail. Right. But in terms of this first one for a, a generic start off, it's something I've wanted to do for a while. I really enjoyed no, it. And I thank you for your time. Thank you. No, so thank, thank you. you both of you for being honest. And hopefully 
people will like it enough that we'll be able to do the rest of the series. Uh, if you want to see more, then please follow us on all of our platforms. Uh, let us know what you thought of the discussion and let us know what aspects you'd like Craig and Charlie to talk. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at HonestFootball3 and we'll see you next time.